Good morning. My name is Fausto Grijalva. I serve with Pastor David in uh, Yale Center Church. So I'm sure you guys have heard of that, that church. Uh, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you this morning because you are uh, our loving God. You are our creator. You are the best thing that could happen to us. And uh, we come this morning uh, hoping for your spirit to, to guide us into all truth and, and to guide us into your love and to reinforce that, that great love that you have for us. Uh, we just thank you and, and we, we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned, I'm from El Centro and uh, we, uh, we live in a desert over there. If, if any of you have ever been down there, you would know that... Uh, that it's pretty dry. It's, it's, it's desert, and uh, if it wasn't for a man-made river, we wouldn't have any green. We wouldn't have any, any, any uh, agriculture, which is what, what we do over there. And looking around the desert, uh, we have uh, some pretty bad sites. <laughs> uh, in fact, there is some areas that, are, that have a white blanket covering them, and uh, it's salt, thick, thick layers of salt, and if you know anything about, about growing uh, or agriculture, you can't grow anything where, where there's salt. There's not going to, you know, maybe some, some weeds might grow. I, I, I tease my daughter, in fact, my, my wife and my daughter are here, and uh, I tease my daughter and I tell her that that's snow, that... Uh, <laughs> We lived in Minnesota for a while. She knows what snow is. She goes, no, Daddy, that is not snow. Um, and we also, uh, by that desert, we have a great body of water, man-made lake, the Salton Sea. And it is full of salt. And on top of that, it is, it is uh, polluted. It's just, it's just useless body of water. Uh, I remember... Uh, Growing up, and, and, and my dad would take me fishing there sometimes, and back, back in the day, uh, uh, we would pull out these fishes, and uh, we would cut them open, and they would be black inside. That's how polluted they were. So we couldn't eat them. And, um, and, and just looking around, uh, I could see that, that the land and, and, and in the area is just... Now, I don't want you to get the bad idea that we live in this awful place, but there is also beauty. Yes, yes, there is. Just like here, you know. Uh, but looking at, at some of those points, uh, it, it, um, it made me think that, you know what, I, I, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that in the beginning. And, um, and, I, and I want us to go and, and, and see how it was, how it originated, how it started, and... and and how it was that, that uh, this world <clears throat> looked like, if we, could, if we could capture some kind of an image, if we could uh, have some kind of an idea. <clears throat> and let's open up our Bibles to Genesis, the, book, the first book of Genesis, please. In the beginning, when we start on verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw, saw that the light was good. I like that word right there. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and, the, and there was the, the morning and the first day. Verse 6. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made an expanse and separated water under and expanse from the water uh, above it. And, he, and it, was, uh, it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was an evening and there was uh, the morning and the second day. Verse 9. And God said, let the, let the water under, under the sky be gathered to a place and let the dry ground appear. And it, it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered water he called seas. And God saw that it was what? Good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the, on the land that the bear fruit, excuse me, and trees on, on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their varieties Various kinds. And it was so that the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit and seed according to their, to their kinds. And God saw that it was... Wow. <clears throat> Here we start seeing a pattern. Here we start seeing, uh, by the third day, everything that has been created, God starts calling it good. And I always wondered, uh, why, didn't he, why didn't he call it perfect? I'm like, if, if God was creating something, why didn't, he, why didn't he say, wow, that's perfect? Don't we get a thrill when we do something, perhaps at an athletic uh, event, or, or we do a report or some kind of job, and we say, I nailed it, it was perfect, and it doesn't get any better. But God is calling this good. And, and I want us to meditate on that as we continue reading. I'm going to read, I, I want to read the whole chapter, but, and, and uh, I know I'm not the best reader, and, and perhaps <laughs> uh, you don't want to hear me read all morning, but uh, verse 14, and God said, let there be light in the expanse of the, of the sky and separate the day from night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years let, let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the, on the earth. And it was so. God made great lights. And the great light, and the greater light to govern the, the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made stars. Verse 17. God set them in the expanse of, of the sky to give light onto the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate light from darkness. <clears throat> and what is that? And God saw that it was good. And if we continue to read every day, then he, he goes on to create the birds. Uh, he goes on to create the sea creatures. Keeps calling everything good. The land creatures, animals, livestock. 
and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good. Do you, do you start seeing a pattern here? Do you start seeing that God is making specifically something good? He is on this quest. He is on this production of good. And it is amazing if we start realizing that he is good, that he produces good, that he is the fountain of good, that what he does, what he touches, is good. There's great, great depth here. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let, let them rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fuel the earth and subdue it. Rule over it. Over, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 29. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it is so. Verse 31. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. What I want us to, uh, to understand is that if we're looking for something good, if we're looking for this greatness that we sometimes envision, that, that this ultimate that, that we should uh, strive for, it is found in God. He goes on and he creates something even more special. He makes a garden and he places man in this garden. He makes a, a, a kind of like a little, a little paradise within all this beautiful creation that was good. We now see reflections around us of good. Unfortunately, as time has progressed, goodness of the earth has taken its toll. Uh, we as sinners have have, uh, have Miss, miss, uh, how would I say, uh, misuse the earth. Uh, we've we've done a, a, a great number of uh, of uh, inhumanities to our own earth, our own world. But there was this little place called the Garden of Eden, and, and on chapter two, verse two. Excuse me, verse 9, pardon me, verse 8. The Lord, had, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put 
man and he formed it. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good, good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> well, there's a tree of, of good and evil here. And we're going to jump to uh, verse 16, chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free, free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. I, I, I want us to realize that if we take if we take all this creation, all this goodness, all this world that had just freshly been made, I, and I, when I said freshly, it just I could almost smell it, how green, how beautiful, how, how all the senses, all, the, all the, the smells, the vision, the, the, I could almost touch how wonderful and lavishing uh, and luscious, this garden, and, and the rest, the water was clean. The, the green was green, not dead. Basically, God said, I give you all the good. I give you all the good I could possibly muster. You have it here. I am offering it to you. Take it. In fact, be co-rulers with me. Take Take control of this. I have created it out of the goodness of my heart. I've, I've, I love you. I, I, I have everything I could possibly offer you that is good at your disposal. And, and, and let's, let's live here. Let's, let's, let's create history here. This is the start. This is, what I've, this is what I've planted for you. And I'm also giving you freedom. I'm giving you the freedom to live here, the freedom to choose my goodness, the freedom to be an inhabitant of my goodness, of my love. I've created you with all the goodness that I could, that I could uh, think of, that I could be of, but I'm giving you the choice. You are free to live here. Now, there is this tree. There's this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I repeat, I've, if you want to know good, here it is. Look around. If you want to know good, I come and visit you. If you want to know good, let's talk. Let's have this relationship. Let's have this communion. But you make the choice. You want to be part of this? Or do you want to seek the knowledge of good and evil on your own? That's, that's the option. Because if, if we do have free will, if we do live freely, if we have the possibility to choose, if God is giving us 
the freedom to choose, without options, then there is no freedom. It makes sense. So he gives us the freedom, and there is an option. You could choose me or not me. You could choose yourself. In fact, seeking knowledge of good and evil is an undertaking of your own. I can't, I can't help you there. I, that, that is your decision, but I'll tell you something. If you do seek the knowledge of good and evil on your own, you will die. It's very simple. I have goodness and life. This does not. There was another campaign. There was another promotion going on. There was something going on during this time also. There was somebody thinking of himself. There was somebody thinking of creating his own kingdom. There was somebody creating and, and, and scheming how he could be like a God. And, and let's turn to um, Isaiah 14, 12. Let's figure out who this character is. I think you know. Isaiah 14, 12 <clears throat> through 15. How you've fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid in low the nations, you said, and you're in your heart, I, I will ascend to heaven. I, I will rise, raise, rise my throne above the stars of God. I, I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost highest of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make, my, make myself like the most high. You see a pattern there. How many eyes are in there? It sounds a bit selfish, doesn't it? And that's an understatement. I will figure it out. I will be like God. I will make my own kingdom. Well, we all know who we're talking about. We're talking about Lucifer and how he started this campaign. And, and, and uh, we know that, that he convinced uh, several angels uh, to start on this kingdom of his. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and he, and he invades God's creation. And, and we know that, that he talks to the woman. He talks to mankind. And he also tells them, you will be like God. We're not going to go too much into that. We know what happened. And they decide to take the option. They decide to say, I will figure it out. I will seek the knowledge of good and evil. And that in itself is what interrupted everything. That decision. We had the freedom to choose. And it just halted 
all the goodness that was going around, the goodness that had been producing and, and that had been flourishing and that had just freshly been created, it just stopped it. And we know the story, and we know that now, because we had decided to, to, to go on our own, we were dead. It was basically that that is the law. I, I don't quite understand it, but it's the law. The consequence of sin is death. So we have God that had just created out of the goodness of his heart. He poured his love into creation. He poured his love and his heart into man. He made man and he said it was very good. And he just the amount of, of, of strength and, and love it took, he was willing to give everything. And if it wasn't enough, now that man chose otherwise, he comes in and he says, well, you've done it. You've done it this time. Uh, you had it good. Did you not realize how good you had it? But you've chosen death. You've chosen death, and uh, I will take care of death for you. I will, I will make the payment. I will offer up my son to die. If there is anything else that I could do, I will do it. If there is whatever it takes to show you my love, I will do it. I am willing to have my son die for you, die for your sins. The greatest expression of love ever. He had just been filling man with love, been filling him up with goodness. He had just so much instored, so much love, so much greatness of love. And now, he chooses even this. We chose to do it on our own. One of the things that is very powerful about choosing to seek the knowledge of good and evil is that it is very empowering. Knowledge is power. Knowledge gives us vision. Knowledge gives us sight. If I, if I have the knowledge that a friend is in need, if I know that he is hungry, if I know that, that he needs uh, material substance, I can choose to see that, or I can choose not to see that. I can choose to see it, and I can choose to go and do something about it. And I may, and I may do something about it. And by the, doing that, I've done something good. Okay? Now, that was based on knowledge. I was able to get to the point of helping him because I had knowledge of his circumstance. Here's another knowledge. If I know that I can go and purchase a loaded gun, or loaded, and... 
scheme out a way that I could shoot my neighbor in the head and he will die and I see it through and I accomplish this and he dies. That was also based on the knowledge that I had. What good or what evil can man make based on knowledge? We have such a long history of man acquiring, doing, making, increasing in knowledge, and doing good, doing good for other people. In fact, I, I don't know who did the, uh, the offering. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but he, but he, but he said that these rich people that are, that are given money, they don't, they don't praise God because they're, they're given it. I, I don't know their story. Uh, Bill Gates, I, I, I don't know if, if he does it to praise God. Uh, this week, uh, I got online and, and, I, and I typed in good deeds. And there were several articles there where, where people were, were instructing people to do good deeds. And it caught my attention because most of them said, well, what goes around comes around. Well, you never know when you're going to need help from somebody. So you might as well do, if you can, do something good for somebody. And they give you a list. And, uh, and so we seek the knowledge of good. We as Christians, we try not or we avoid evil. That's not what we're about. No. We don't seek evil. But uh, we know for a fact that there has been great evil done because man, throughout history, has acquired the power through knowledge, has found a way, has figured out, has researched a way that he can make his own kingdom, that he can make his own greatness, that he can create for himself. It, goes, it all goes back to the freedom to choose. We can choose. In fact, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. We can do anything. We have the freedom to do anything we want. Absolutely anything. But is it beneficial? But is it good? And in fact, defaulted by that big decision that, man, that Adam and Eve made to seek the knowledge of good and evil, we are born into that default. And we come naturally into seeking the knowledge of good. Some of us choose to seek the knowledge of evil. See, what happens is we start eating of that fruit again. We start taking of that fruit. We make this life about what we know. We make life about what we can accomplish. What I can do. What I will 
rise to the top. I will go. And the I is the priority and not God. By eating of this fruit, we prioritize what we can do. We'll do good and we'll do evil. Both. Because we know. Or we'll do either one of them. We don't take Christ when we take of that fruit. If that tree was still literally here, there would be hundreds, if not, there would be millions of people still taking that fruit, still taking that option, still seeking that knowledge. And we are, and a lot of them are. I don't want to say we, I. I want to say God. I want to say you, my Lord. I want to say thank you for Christ. Thank you for paying for that fault. I don't want to say I want to take that fruit. I don't want to say I will rise. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, or if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions, all that I possess, to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. All the work that we could figure out, all what we could do is nothing if we do not have love. And what is love? Who said I am love? God is love. If we do not have God, if we do not have Christ, if we do not take the first option, Christ, if we do not take the forgiveness of sin, if we do not accept somebody else, which is Christ, taking death for us, then we will take it our own. We will be the consequences of that eating of that fruit. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. We do not do good to boast. We do it to praise God. We do it to praise Him for all His goodness. We rejoice in His love. We live in His love. We, we just abide in His goodness of love. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It does not self-seeking. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. Always preserves. You know that I, this is a clipping off of the Bible. I'm not reading it out of the Bible, but it is. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 18. Now, love never fails, but where there is prophecy, there are prophecies that will, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Knowledge. <laughs> where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know that in part we, are, we prophesy, in part, in part, but when completeness comes, what is the, the part disappears? What is it in part disappears? 
When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For God, for now, we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know that in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these, these three, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That great love that created us, that great love that provided every goodness we could think of, that great love that even paid for our wrong decision. Decide for love. Decide for God. Decide for the redemptive power of Christ. Don't decide for yourself. Don't decide to eat of that fruit. Don't decide to, for death. May God bless you. May God give you the strength to, to live and to see his love. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for being good, for you being good. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for restoring us back into your presence, into your bosom. We thank you for Christ and forgiveness for our sin. We thank you that we don't have to die. We thank you that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.